Man, I'm glad you're here. If you wasn't here, this would be a lonely place. Amen. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad I'm here. But I tell you, I'm glad that Jesus is here. This is a wonderful place when he shows up, and we need him to show up right now. This is the most important part of the service. This is where we hear from him, and I need to hear from him. We are facing a year like no other. I promise you this. I, 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 I believe I can say this uh, with as much honesty in my heart and as much reality uh, that you're probably fixing to face a year that you've never faced in your lifetime. And, and listen, you say, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to trust God like we always have. Amen. He is in control. Amen. But there are things that we can do that we're going to talk about today. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 15. Now, if you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Say this verse with me. Redeeming the time. Say that again. Because the days are evil. Would you agree with that? The days are evil. We're living in an evil day. We're living in a difficult day. We're living in a day that the Bible said would be here. Uh, Paul said perilous times shall come. Perilous, difficult times. But the Bible says in verse 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Dear Heavenly Father, bless us this morning. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray that you'll unlock the ears that they may comprehend and hear your word today. I pray that you'll anoint me with the Spirit of God and help me preach your word with power and an unction from on high. And God will praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, tis the season to make resolutions, isn't it? Uh, I, <laughs> say amen. I, I have come to the conclusion that resolutions are for the birds. Amen. Uh, uh, we, we have resolutions. We start them. We make them. We say we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But there is something about resolutions that has a poor memory brace in our minds. Say Amen. Sometimes I feel, like the, I feel like the couple that was in the nursing home, a gentleman went in the nursing home and had been there a while, and, and there was a, a lady in there that he kind of got sweet on, and she kind of got sweet on him. And, and after a little time they spent together, he proposed to her, asked her to marry him. And, then, and, and she said yes, and, and the next morning he woke up, and he couldn't remember what she said. He was so embarrassed. He said, man, I, I, I proposed, and I can't even remember what she said. Well, he went to her and, 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 and said, 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 ma'am, I proposed to you yesterday, and I am so sorry, but I forgot what your answer was. She said, thank goodness. She said, I said yes. I just couldn't remember who had asked me. <laughs> now, we don't need to treat resolutions that way. Are you with me? Say amen. Uh, we don't need to step out and say a bunch of things that we're going to do or we're going to try to do and then a month later forget what they were. But I do believe this. I believe we need to face this year with optimism. Let me say that again. I believe we need to face this year with optimism. Amen. Now listen, we can be like the other couple in the nursing home. See, there was more than one couple in the nursing home. Are you with me? Say amen. This lady met this man and seen him across the room and came up to him and said, said, Sir, you look like my fifth husband. He said, Lord God, woman, how many times you been married? She said, Four. 
some of y'all are going to wake up tonight and say, oh, okay. What are you saying? That lady was optimistic. Amen. And I think that's what we need to be. Listen, how many of y'all, how many of y'all understand that a new year means a fresh start? Isn't that great? The Bible says that, that the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Thank God. You say, why were they? Because God knew we would need them new every morning. I like getting a fresh start. I like having a time where we've got a brand new year to do things for God. But there's a couple things, two or three things I want to share with you this morning that I really want us to think about, I want us to, to deal with. Uh, uh, these, are, these are the type of things we don't like to deal with. These are the type of things we don't like to talk about. These are the type of things that uh, we don't want to go over. But I guarantee you this, in order to get a fresh start, you really need to deal with this and cover this in your heart and your mind. For where we're facing, where we're going, I believe this is a necessary, uh, this is a necessary thing we need to do this morning. The Bible says in verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly. The word circumspect means careful to consider all circumstances and possible consequences. Be very prudent and cautious. You know, I believe, I believe that God will take care of us. How many of y'all believe that? But do you realize that the Bible says that, that the Lord would not let him uh, dash his foot against a stone? The word of God said that. And the devil took the Lord to a high pinnacle and said, cast yourself off because the angels are going to take care of you. Doesn't the Bible say that the Lord will take care of you? Will not let you dash your foot against a stone? He said, yeah, but the word also says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What does that mean? We cannot go blindly in life doing stupid things. We cannot go blindly in life making dumb decisions. We can't go this way and that way and just fall back on the deal that God is going to take care of us. God gives us common sense to use. God gives us His Word to use. God gives us all the wisdom that we'll ever need to be successful in life in this book. And we can't fall back on the deal. Well, no matter what I do, God will take care of me. God will take care of you, but He'll do it through His Word. Yeah, I know we're not going to shout and holler with this one, but I'm just telling you, this is the deal. This is what we need to understand. We cannot just act foolishly and think that God's always going to do what he expects. Matter of fact, God will not do what he commands you to do. Hello? Y'all still with me this morning? Walk carefully, prudently. Where are we going in this? I believe this year is going to be difficult. I really do. I believe we're facing a difficult time. I believe we're facing a difficult year. Is it impossible? Lord, no. By no means it's not impossible. We know that the people in the Word of God went through difficult times. The Lord brought the children of Israel through a wilderness, through a desert place where there was absolutely nothing and took care of them. God can do it now. But you need to understand something. When He took care of them, they did it His way. And they obeyed his word and his command and what he had to do. So we need to be careful. The next verse says this in verse 16. Redeeming the time. The word redeeming means to rescue from loss, to improve opportunity. We need to redeem the time. We need to take up the lost time. The time that we have for God is very precious. Life is precious and we don't need to waste it. Listen, I was given an illustration one time that life, each day of your life is like a train car. Each day of your life is a time that you can, that you can invest in, that you can put in that train car. Doesn't the Bible say lay up treasures in heaven? 
where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt or, or, or decay. There will be nothing there. To, we are to invest in things in heaven. Well, each day of your life is a train car that goes by. That train car stops for that day. And you invest in things. You invest in spiritual things. You invest in things of heaven. The things that you do, you put in that train car. And then the next day, that car is gone and you get a new car. Do you realize you'll never get that car back? Every day that we waste, every day that we let go by, that we don't do the things we ought to do, the things we should do, the things that God has called us to do, we'll never get those days back again. Redeeming the time. Then it says in verse 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. I want to share with you three things that I'm concerned about, that God has put on my heart that I think we need to deal with. Before we go into the new year. You realize sometimes before you can take a fresh start or before you can make a fresh start, you got to take care of some past issues. Amen. Sometimes before you can step into the new, you got to finish the old. you got to deal with some things. Now, there's three areas that I want to talk about <coughs> that I believe most of us, probably the majority of us are going to face or are facing now that we need to deal with. Three basic things. Three simple things. Debt. Say it with me. Disappointments. And decisions. What was the first thing? Second thing? Third thing. All of us. Most of us. I say all of us. Majority of us are dealing with all three of them things this year. We're dealing with this before we go into a new year. Uh, probably the most, uh, the most prominent things on most of our minds, the majority of people here, is the, the economy. What's happening in the economy? What's going on in the economy? What's going on in the stock market? What's going on uh, with the housing? What's going on with this and that? Uh, more foreclosures than ever before in time. We're seeing a, 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 a time that's unprecedented, uh, probably, and I would say maybe, uh, maybe some of the older folks, but I know in, in the younger people, never, ever seen before in your lifetime. You say, what are we going to do? We're going to do it the Bible way. We're going to do it the Bible way. God, God has instructions about this. God has taught us about this. And he's dealing with this fact, all right? Number one, write this down. If you're taking notes, let's talk about debt for just a moment. Let's talk about debt for just a moment. Uh, sooner or later, sooner or later, we've got to come to the point that we need to do something. Uh, financially uh, enslaved Americans, 90% buy things they cannot afford. 80%, now listen to this, 80% of graduating college seniors have credit card debt. 49% cannot cover one month's living expenses if they lose their income. 75% of airline miles rewarded are never redeemed. Most people carry a car loan paying at least $378 a month. And most people are carrying two. Uh, that same sum invested for 25 to, from the age 25 to 65 years would yield $4 million in retirement. Instead of putting it in a car, we put it in a, in a, in a Roth or, or an investment, uh, 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 we would see a greater return. 60% don't pay off their credit cards every month. 80% mistakenly believe their standard of living will go up at retirement. 19% of those filing for bankruptcy in 02 were college students. How are you going to get started with that hanging over your head? Listen, unless you're an expert in denial... Living within your means is essential to your mental health. Let me read that again. 
unless you are an expert in denial, living within your means, in other words, living on less than what you make. Living within your means is essential to your mental health. According to a survey by Credit Counseling from MyVesta.org, about 40% of people with problem debt reported symptoms of severe depression. By contrast, studies have shown that 9.5% of the general population is clinically depressed. Preacher, what are you saying? You realize the number one problem in marriages today, the number one problem that, are, that is being talked about, that's being brought up in counseling sessions all across America and across this world, the number one marital problem is money. It's finances. It's the problem where we come together and there's so much pressure put on a relationship because they're trying to worry about bills and juggle this and juggle that that we cannot focus on one another and it tears marriages apart. You know what the saddest part about that is? It could be dealt with. That is something that we are doing to ourselves. Listen, if we have a, a problem that we have no control over, that's one thing. And we got to pray for the grace of God and pray that God will help us. But these are things that we control. You know what we're doing? We are committing suicide with our wallets. Now, I know nobody likes to talk about this because nobody likes to talk about their money. They all, it's a personal thing. It's my business. I'll do what I want. Yes, yes, I understand all that. But I'm tired of trying to patch people together because of stupid things. Now, are you upset? Yes, I'm upset at myself. I, I've been looking and studying over this to try to help everybody because I know we're going into this. You know what's funny? I, we, we talked before, uh, we talked before a, a year ago or whenever we did the Dave Ramsey financial deal, the, 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 the Financial Peace University. Oh, no, I don't need that. And I don't, but now we're going into a crisis situation. I, you know what God's doing? He's going to force us to do right by our money one way or the other. Everything you have belongs to him. Everything you have is his. He gives it to you. You are stewards of what he has given you. And God is going to put us into a place where we have to do right by our money. And I think he ought to. Amen. Preacher, what do we do? We're in debt. All right. We're in debt. What do we do? First thing we do. Hey, write this down. Write this down. So this don't pertain to me. Well, just... Put it on pause a minute and listen, humor me, and I guarantee you two and three will pertain to you. But if you're in debt, what do you do? First thing you do is stop digging. Stop digging. If you are in a hole and you are in a hole, what is the first thing you do? Quit digging. Because the more you dig, the deeper it will be. It is impossible. Say that with me. It is. Say it again. It is. To borrow your way out of debt. Did you catch that? Because if you're borrowing, you're in debt again. If you're in borrowing, you're in debt again. What are you saying? Turn, listen, do everything you can, cut them credit cards up, throw them in the trash. Quit digging. Quit digging. Quit digging. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. If you cannot buy it with cash, you do not need it yet. We have, we have, we, you know what we've done to our children? Your grandparents, or excuse me, your great-grandparents thought debt was a sin. They thought it was a sin. Your grandparents thought just a little bit, you could use just a little bit, but not for everything, just for those major things, just for those things that, are y'all with me? 
Now we are teaching our kids that we need you. You got you have to have debt to survive, but that's wrong. We go into debt for refrigerators. We go into debt for TVs. We go into debt for everything in the world. Oh, just just live it, just a little bit of monthly payment. Well, I tell you what, after a while, them monthly payments add up. Debt is dumb. Dave Ramsey calls it paying stupid tax. He said, if you are paying interest on something that goes down in value, that's paying stupid tax. Now, don't get mad at me. Dave said it. I didn't. But he's right. We ride down the road throwing money out the window. Stop digging. Now, some of y'all are going to take what I'm saying, and you're going to take it to heart, and you're going to start applying it, and God's going to take care of you this year. And some of y'all are going to think I'm stupid and ignore me, and you're going to be in bankruptcy, and you're going, your heart's going to be ripped apart. Listen, if I'm telling you the truth, if I'm telling you the truth, then you need to accept this just as much as I'm telling you Jesus was born of a virgin. The Bible says the rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. We talk about, we talk about taking the slaves and, and rescuing the slaves and, 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 and turning them free and setting them free, yet we are putting shackles on our arms every single week we go into debt. Stop digging. B, if you don't like that one, you're really not going to like this one. Start determining start determining so what do you mean by that I mean this start telling your money where to go with a woo did you say that B word right in here we're not using the word budget that's a dirty word we the, the new term is a cash flow plan Say that with me. Never again use the word budget. You know why? Because people tie the word budget and they look at it, and it's all about perception. It's all about how you see something. They look at the word budget as handcuffs. But you know the way you need to look at it? As a road map. How many of y'all have been at the end of the, end of the month or you're, you're, you're sitting there paying bills and in your mind you think, all right, this is what should be there, this is what we should have. And when you get there, where'd it go? And then, and see what happens. And see, so you say, well, why, why are you even doing this? This is not the place for it. Oh, yes, this is the place for it. Because, because spouse is the one that spouse is sending out the checks and writing the checks. And then the spouse over here that thinks that the such and such is there. And when this spouse over here that's writing the checks and sending them out. And then saying, this is what we got. We don't have it. What do you mean we don't have it? We're supposed to have it. This is what we're supposed to have. And this spouse gets stupid with that spouse. And they cause an argument. And then they line out. All right, this is where this went. This is where this went. This. Oh. And here we do, we have a knockdown, sometimes if, that's, if, they, if they do that, and then we have a knockdown drag out and a fight and there's bitter feelings and mad at each other when that shouldn't have never happened. Because both of them should know where it's at. You say, does that mean, does that mean I'm the man, I'm supposed to send that? Not if you can't run a checkbook. Hello? If you can't do it, if you're not good with numbers, if your calculator's broken, listen, you don't need to have it. Well, the Bible says the man is to run everything. I am. I told her to do it. (laughs) 
Hello? See? Say amen. She's better at that. She's better at them numbers and all that. But we need to be together. We need to know where it's at. If you have a cash flow plan, if you have a budget, if you want to use that word, I don't care what word you use, but if you set it down and say, this is going here, this is going here, this is going here, if you do not tell your money where to go, it just goes. And you waste it and you spend it and you're not being good stewards of what God has given you. It's amazing to me. Do you remember when the, you remember when the, the, the widow came to the prophet in the Old Testament and she was in great debt? Her husband had died and left her in great debt and they were fixing to take her sons into slavery. And listen, she said, I, 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 here we are, I have this debt. And you know what the, the most interesting thing about that story is? The prophet said, what do you have in your house? She said, well, I had this one cruise of oil. You say, what's the point of that? God wants to take what you have to meet your need. God has given every single family exactly what they need to have to take care of that, but what we are doing is throwing it away on what is not necessary. Church, say amen. Amen. Listen, we need to set that up. You say, how do I do that? I'm going to help you with that. I don't have time to deal with it this morning, but I'm going to help you with that. We're going to start on Sunday evenings. Uh, I, I'm just feeling a burden about this. Uh, uh, it may be 6.15. Uh, uh, coming in the new year, we're going to start showing the, the, the uh, Financial Peace University uh, 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 DVDs. If you come, you can come. You don't need a workbook. You can come and watch it and take notes. Uh, we want to give you this information to help you out with this. He's one of the best I have ever seen. He is a Christian financial guru. He has been there, done that, went into bankruptcy, and he's tired of seeing people do it, and he's trying to help people get out. And if you care about it, you'll come and take care of it. Say amen. amen. Listen, I'm not going to go into great details about it, but you come and watch that. He'll teach you how. See, stay determined. Stay determined. I want to share with you a verse. And I got Bible for all these. I got Bible for all these. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 23, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. That's where we should have a cash flow plan. We should know what's coming in and what's going out. Listen, we need to stay determined. Proverbs 6, 1. My son, if thou be a surety for thy friend, if thou be a surety, in other words, you're, you're in debt there. You, there it's talking about debt, having a surety, signing that, you know, co-sign that type of thing. If you have a debt there, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this. This is what he says to do. This is Proverbs. This is Solomon. He said, do this now, my son. Deliver thyself. Deliver thyself. In other words, get out of debt. When thou art taken, or excuse me, when thou art coming to the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself. Make sure thy friend. Now watch this. Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe or, or a deer from the hand of the hunter, as a bird from the hand of the fowler. In other words, you do everything you can. Take every step you can. Work, 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 work. Do everything you can. Like it is a, it is a dire need. It is a state of emergency to get out of debt. Whatever it takes, you do it. Have yard sales. Listen, uh, uh, do whatever is necessary. There's, there's so many different ideas that, that you'll learn in the, in, the, in the Financial Peace University. It's incredible. But he says, whatever you do, if you are in debt, do not let anything happen. Do not let anything keep you from doing this. Get out of debt as fast as you can. Dave Ramsey said that this issue is 80% emotion and 20% knowledge. What does that mean? Most of our behavior when it comes to finances is what we've learned through our parents. What we are doing, it's got to be an emotional 
attachment. It's got to be an emotional thing. That's why he teaches you to use cash. Don't use a card. It's too easy. Use cash. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to get cash out your hand? It becomes painful, doesn't it? Now listen, we need to stay determined. We need to put this in our heart. You say, well, is this just another resolution? No, sir, this is a commitment that you are making. You need to do everything you can. Can you imagine if you didn't know anybody anything? How would you feel right now if you didn't owe anybody anything? I'm talking about not even a house payment. How would you feel going into this year? Now, here's what people are thinking. What does this have to do with the house of God? What does this have? It has everything to do with it. It has everything to do with it. God's people should not be freaking out over the economy. But we are because we have put ourselves into bondage. Amen. And I said we. I know this is not going over real good, but I say we. I'm just as guilty and I'm just as convicted and I'm making this commitment myself this year. Listen, we've got to do this and we can do this. Well, I don't want to do this. Well, it may be by the time half this year is over, you're going to do it anyhow. So let's just say, look, Lord, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to pray about our debt. Say that with me. We're going to deal with our debt. Then going into this year, I want you to deal with your disappointments. I want you to deal with your disappointments. Let me tell you something. There's not a person alive. There's not a person alive that was immune to disappointments this year. Not a person alive. There's not a person alive that that can say, boy, I wasn't disappointed with nothing this year. You're just kidding yourself. Preacher, what are you talking about disappointments? Well, disappointments with A, write this down, with problems. With problems. Could be family problems. Could be financial problems. Could be fitness problems. It could be... Uh, areas in, 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 in marriage, it could be areas uh, in, in employment, it could be areas at work. Uh, how many of you last year faced something uh, that just bothered you? Raise your hand. Amen. Now, sometimes we can't go forward because we keep looking back. And, and this is what we end up doing. We end up Say, I got burnt here, and because of that, it's going to affect my situation here. Because in my mind, I keep thinking, this is going to be like that. What's the saying, once bitten? And we think the problem we had yesterday is the problem we're going to face tomorrow. And we can't face tomorrow with any kind of confidence because we're afraid it's just going to be like yesterday and that's not the way it's supposed to be how many of y'all believe Paul had problems he was beaten with rods he was listen left for dead he was stoned he was lied upon he was betrayed I mean he went through everything in this world but you know what he said this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind Forgetting those things which are behind, I'm pressing forward. There's two things I want you to do with your problems. Write these down. This is important. First thing, I want you to learn from them. Learn from them. 
Do you have those verses uh, uh, under, under learn? Give me, give me them. Look here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 5, But with many of them, God was not, talking about the children of Israel when they came out of Israel, uh, excuse me, came out of Egypt. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now watch this. Now watch this. Read this part with me, starting with now. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. In other words, he's saying, you learn from their mistakes. You learn from their mistakes. What are we doing when we keep repeating the same stupid things? We have to learn from our mistakes. Say that with me. We have to learn from our mistakes. We've got to. You know why? Because we'll keep repeating them if we don't. I mean, it's just common sense. It's just common sense. You go up here, and a little kid sticks his finger in that light so- or that, that socket right there, I guarantee you, he's not going to do it again unless there's a problem. Then how come we adults keep doing the same thing? Listen. We've got to learn from our problems. We cannot just gripe and complain that we have them. If we have a marital problem, listen, if the thing we did caused an issue, and that, don't keep doing it. Right. Oh, but I said I'm sorry. Sooner or later, that sorry gets old. Amen. Amen. Why couldn't we have had peace and love and joy on the last Sunday of the year? Amen. Listen, you're going to face another problem. Learn from it, or you're going to repeat it. Say, why is that so important? Because the next time you have that problem, it may destroy you. The next time you face that situation, it may destroy you. Right now, it may just develop you and make you stronger and make you smarter, make you more spiritual. But if you keep doing it, it will eventually destroy you. What do we need to do with our problems? First thing we need to do is, then, number two, leave them. Leave them. Forget them. Man was in counseling. He told the counselor, he said, said, sir, every time something happens, my wife gets historical on me. He said, no, you mean hysterical? He said, no, historical. She brings up everything. And all the men said, yeah, men do it too. Hello? If you forget it, you're supposed to forget it. You know why it's so quiet? Because God is parking in every one of our garages. When that problem comes, when that situation comes, listen, learn from it. I tell you, Pop, I know, I know I'm not, not the brightest bulb in the box, but I ain't blown out neither. And that I have caught myself in my more mature days I would go to say something, and then self would say, I really wouldn't say that. 
and before, I would have said it. But then I remembered what it got me the last time. And I thought, the Bible says, fight a good fight. This won't be a good fight. See, y'all, y'all are so lucky. Y'all have the most honest preacher in the country. Y'all need to take advantage of it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about by realizing before, you know, we actually have to have our brain engaged before our mouth. Let's learn. If we do something financially that put us in a crippling situation, when you get out of that, don't jump right back into it like I've done. Listen, don't do it. Learn from them. Learn from your problems. And then leave them. If they are in your past, leave them in your past. You don't know what she done. Don't matter. If you forgave her, forget it. You don't know what he said. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he says stupid things all the time. Just chalk it up as one of them. And forget about it. Do you realize everybody's human? Hello? Everybody's human. I'm human. Amen? Brother Cone, you human? Amen. You human? Chad, you human? Ladies, and y'all human? Then that means we're all going to make mistakes. Let's not hold somebody else to a higher standard than what we'd hold our own self. Amen. Let's move right along. We're enjoying that so good. Disappointments with problems. But then B. Disappointments with people. Mm. Johnny, you want to come preach a while? Oh, yeah, just leave me with it. Amen. The, the point's up on the board. Just share with me. How many of y'all know people will let you down? They will. I will. You will. We'll let you down. And you know what? We won't even mean to. And sometimes, sometimes it shouldn't be, but sometimes we won't even know we let you down. But we'll do it. You know, God put a, he, he put a great verse in the Bible because he knew how we are. He knew how, 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 how fragile we are, and he knew uh, what would happen. And, and he put a great verse in the Bible. The Bible says this. It says uh, in, in, in uh, uh, Colossians 3.12, Put on therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Now watch this. Forbearing one another. You know what the word forbearing means? Put up with. Do you know that's one of the characteristics of uh, love, charity, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? To put up. I always say that at weddings. I always say that that's part of the, the, the introduction and dealing with the, 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 uh, the husband and wife-to-be. Uh, I say, sometimes y'all are not going to love each other. You're just going to have to put up with one another. You're not always going to have that ooey-gooey loving feeling. It's not always going to be. Are y'all with me? 
It's not always going to be there. It's not always going to be honeymoon. It's not always going to be that. Sometimes you're just going to have to make up your mind. I'm going to just have to put up with one another. It says forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Disappointments with people. You know what I've done? I've done, trust me. I've had some disappointments with people. People are real soon to forget. I've had people, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, up at the police station with them. Situations and and, 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 and just time that left my family to be with them. And then they get upset at one little thing that didn't even have to do with anything. And boom, they're gone. He don't love us. He hates us. Are you kidding? And just, and I think, man, Moses had the same thing. Moses even went to say, Lord, if you block them out, just block me out too. I bet none of them appreciated that. And all they were... And I said, Lord, sometimes I'll just get the pity party and, you know, the poor mouth. And and then what God has helped me with dealing with people that's disappointed you, it's all about perception. Say that with me. It's all about, what does that mean? The way you see it. How do you deal with people that's disappointed you? First thing you do is start looking through their eyes. I've, I've tried doing this and, and, and tried when I, I'm dealing with somebody or dealing with an issue like this and somebody's disappointing me or something of that nature. Uh, uh, Shane, I, I, I try to see what they're going through. I try to see what they're dealing with. I try to see how they are looking at the situation. Because it's funny, when you, when you start learning what they've been through, when you start learning what they just experienced at home, when you start seeing when somebody snaps at you or, 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 or gets short with you or, and does something that you really don't think was right, and then you find out later they probably just went through the biggest argument they've ever had with their spouse at home and probably everything's falling out, it kind of puts things in perspective. And you've got to understand something. You remember the story? And, and I've said it before. It went... Listen, when your man's best friend, when that dog who would, who would fight a, a, a werewolf for you, I mean, he would give his life for you. When he's hung in that fence and he's hurt and you try to help him, he'll try to bite you. And when people are in pain, they do some stupid things. And when people are hurting, they say some stupid things. And instead of getting your feelings on your shoulder and being way oversensitive about things, and, 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 yeah, I said that. We need to toughen up a little bit. Since we're here and it's the last Sunday of the year and we're going to forget those things which are behind, let me just get real a minute. Let's toughen up a little bit. Let's quit acting like a bunch of babies and not get upset about the, the very least of things that don't matter, worth a hill of beans, and quit being so sensitive. Children are sensitive. Babies are sensitive. We're supposed to be soldiers in the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be rough and tough. Say amen. amen. 
We need some John Wayne Christians. Amen? And start looking at what did they go through? What did they experience? What just happened with them? I wonder why they ordinarily they wouldn't do. Hello? We get offended over the, 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 the stupidest things. We'll get mad if nobody comes to our shower, but we won't go to nobody else's shower. Amen, preacher. Woo! I mean it. Yes, sir. I need a little help, though. Amen. Well, they didn't send me nothing. Well, did you send anything? We're just like the Pharisees. We'll put a yoke on somebody else's neck we ain't even willing to carry. It's like the preacher's kids while I'm on it. Hey, always, I'm a preacher's kid. I can say it. I know it. I've been there. I lived it. Bless God. Preacher's kids always had to be perfect. They're the preacher's kids. So they're kids. Just like yours. Hello. The only reason the, only reason the preacher's kids are that crazy is because they play with the deacon's kids. But we expect so much from everybody that we don't expect from ourselves. Why don't we in this new year change that? You know what the Bible says? Be careful when you bite and devour one another. That you be not consumed. Sheep would have a tendency to bite on each other. And that fur and that stuff would get in their throat and and they would die. It might be that we need to Take a lesson from that. Sometimes the people that get along the least is in the house of God. People in bars get along better than most people in the house of God. Ain't that a shame? You know why? Because we want everybody to see through our eyes. And we won't take the time to see through somebody else's eyes. Amen. What are we going to do with disappointing people? We're going to use perception. If somebody disappoints you, the first thing you do is step back and don't say, they had no right to say that or do that. First thing you need to do, I wonder what they're going through. Now, I have faced faced some very irritating people in the ministry. I'm telling you. And and, and I, I just want to, I just want to. But then when I see where they come from, See what they don't have that I always had. It sure makes you understand sometimes what they're going through. Now, let me say this too, and we'll move along because we're having so much good time with this point. The Bible says, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. I think we're going to be held accountable for the way we treat people. And you say, how do we need to treat people? Just like you would treat Jesus. Amen. We treat people that disappoint us with perception, seeing through their eyes. Then, two, with patience. Patience. 
Everybody put your seatbelt on just a minute. I foresee turbulence ahead. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. You just don't know. They just irritate the fire out of me. You know what? Has it ever dawned on you that God put them in your life to teach you some patience? Ain't no accident. If God put them in your life, they're in your life for a purpose. (laughs) I told you this way it'd be. Sometimes God just needs to teach us patience. And he puts us around people that we're impatient with. Well, when is it going to stop when you get some patience? When are they going to stop irritating me when it no longer bothers you? (laughs) Till that irritation develops a callus? They ain't shouting as loud as they was last week, Pop. This is true. God will put Brother Irritator right in your life. Y'all laugh. There's a sister Irritator too. You say, what are they doing? Trying to make you a better person. Now listen up, everybody. I need, I need your attention. Help me now. Help me. It is God's desire to make you just like Christ. It is God's desire to get you. What was Christ? He loved everybody. Sometimes he has to put us around unlovable people to teach us to be lovable. It's easy to love people that's just like you. It's easy to love people that act the way you think they ought to act. But sometimes God has to put us around people that don't so we can learn to love them too. How many of y'all have ever sanded anything? Sheet, rock, wood. What's it take to sand something? Friction. Friction. But when that sanding's done, it's smooth. Some of us are a little rough around the edges. And don't think this person is just sent to torture you. It may be that God's just trying to smooth out the rough edges. Amen. So what do you need to do? What do I do about it? Pray for grace. Pray for grace and say, God, teach me what I need to learn. Because, see, the sooner you learn it, the sooner it'll quit bothering you. Amen. Amen. Last of all, I guarantee you, I've been preaching on debt and not eating out, but I deserve a guacamole after this one. (laughs) Amen. Number three. What's the first thing we're going to deal with? You laugh. You're preaching next. Amen. (laughs) What's the first thing we're going to deal with before the new year? Amen. Number two. Disappointments. Disappointments. Then number three. Now, this is really important. And this won't be tough or mean, I hope. We need to deal with our decisions. What do you mean? 
before before that Joshua, before he when he was sending everybody out, everybody when they went into Canaan land, they 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 conquered here and there and everywhere, and they got everybody's place. Well, right before he cut them all loose, he said, "Look, choose you this day whom ye will serve." But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. He made a choice. He made a decision. He said, I don't care what you do. This is what we're going to do. I don't care which direction you go, but this is what I'm going to do. You know what? We need that kind of backbone in the house of God today. We need to make a choice this year who we're going to serve. Are we going to serve self? Are we going to serve society? Are we going to serve Satan? Are we going to bow up this year and say, Bless God, if a hair lifts the whole world, I don't care what nobody else does, I'm going to serve God this year. And serving God is not coming to church. That is worshiping God. It's not just showing up in attendance. Serving God is finding the will of God for your life and getting busy doing what God has called you to do. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, make a decision. Make a choice. The Bible said, listen, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't it bother you to have wishy-washy people? Here and there and everywhere, well, maybe. And I, Well, I'm thinking about, oh, I, I, man, make up your mind. Make a choice. Say, I'm going to stand for God. God has done enough for you. What decisions? We need to talk about two things quickly. Two things quickly. The guacamole is waiting. Amen? All right. Amen. Sour cream. Hallelujah. Listen, write this down. Write this down. Y'all need a little humor. Amen. Y'all been tight enough today. Amen. Determine your responsibility. Determine your responsibility. The whole month of January, we're going to be preaching on this subject. The whole month of January, we're going to talk about service. We're going to talk about the will of God. We're going to talk about accomplishing the work that God has set for you to do. It is not right for 80% to watch 20% do the work of the church. It's not right. If 100% get the blessing out of it, 100% needs to be putting in it. I need a witness. Listen, determine your responsibility. Ephesians 5, verse 17 says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We need to know going into this year, we need to know what is it that God wants me to do? What direction does God want me to go? What service, what job, what work can I do for God? What can I, what has He gifted me for? And God has gifted everybody. He's called you. He's saved you. He's commissioned you. He's given you the ability to do something. Now get busy doing what God's called you to do. You need to determine the will of God for your life. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now watch what they're praying for. Pray for you and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul said, I want you to know the will of God for your life. I want you to be understood when it comes to the direction he'd have you to go. Now why? Verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Do you know where joy comes from being fruitful? 
John chapter number 15 says, These things have I written unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. Well, yes, I want joy. Well, you got to go back and look at the first verses. He said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. Ye bear much fruit. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. If you are bearing fruit, God is going to bring joy into your life. But if all you are is a spectator and you just come and sit and soak and sour, you're not producing anything for the kingdom of God. You're not going to have joy. You're going to watch everybody else experiencing joy and wonder why you don't have none. I'm singing the songs and I'm being in the service. Yeah, but what are you doing with what God has given you? Listen, you don't need to be a reservoir. You need to be a channel. Water, listen, if it just keeps going into a pond and never goes nowhere, it'll grow stagnant. But if it flows, man, there's life in that water. It's coming from here and going to there. It'll stay fresh. It'll stay right. It'll stay doing what it needs to do. And if you receive it from here, you need to put it out there. God gives it to you here so you can take what you receive here and go out into this world. That's why I said my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Listen, you need to receive here and take out there. I'm telling you, everywhere I go, I got to tell people. I got to tell people what God showed me this week, what God's doing in the church. Man, let me tell you what's happening at the church. Somebody asked me yesterday, well, what time is so-and-so? What time is Sunday school? And I began to explain what's happening and what God is doing. He said, really? Said, Man, I, whoo, take out of here what you receive here. Determine your responsibility. I don't want nobody else to have to take up for my slack. Anywhere I've worked, I want to do my part. I don't want somebody to go to the boss and say, I'm having to make up for Malcolm. It ain't never been that way. I don't want it to be that way. And sometimes I go overboard with that and, and, and go a little bit beyond what's probably really expected. And they say, well, why are you doing that? I say, because my name is on this. And they'll say, who done this? They'll say, Malcolm done this. And when it's done, I want it to be done right. We need to get more pride in what we do. What are you doing for God? Have you determined your responsibility? Some of y'all need to be helping in Awana. Some of y'all need to be helping in the care team. Some of y'all need to be helping, listen, in in the small group facilitators. We've got a job to do. We've got a war to fight. We're fighting on every hand for the souls of men and for these young people. You need to get in the fight too. You know when people are squabbling? It ain't on the firing line. It ain't on the firing line. You don't see no fussing and fighting when the bullets are flying. When do they fuss and fight? When they're back in R&R. When you got the guys back that's not doing anything, they're just sitting around. That's when the squabbling and the fighting's going on. But I guarantee you this, it doesn't matter black, red, yellow, white. doesn't matter who you are, what nationality you are. Son, when the bullets are flying, you're close. Amen. If we get together in this fight, and I'm doing my part, and you're doing your part. We're serving God together. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, God has gave us pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. God has put me here to complete and mature you and develop you in the gift that God has given you, and you're to operate in that gift, and when that happens, the body of Christ will explode. Have you determined your responsibility? Well, how do I do that? Start doing stuff. That's the easiest way. 
That's the easiest way. You can beg God and tell you, and, and, and that works. But just start doing stuff. Do you know what's easier to steer? A moving car. Some of you ain't even pulled it out of park. Hello? Every person that God called in the Bible was already doing something. David was watching his father's sheep. Elisha was plowing oxen. Listen, Saul was looking for his father's donkeys. Everybody was doing something. The fishermen, I I need a witness. Cast them nets aside, son. Now you're going to be fishers of men. They were already doing something. Just start pick something. Pick something. I don't like working with kids. Well, try it. You may like it. I don't like them neither. Well, we're having a time, ain't we, Chad? I didn't think I'd like that. I, I really didn't. I didn't think I said, Lord, I ain't never worked in that area before. I ain't never done that with him. And you know what? Man, we're having a time. 4 o'clock, or excuse me, 4.30 to 6.30, it goes by so fast, it's, boom, it's over with already. Oh, wow. One of the greatest ways to find the will of God for your life, start doing stuff. You keep doing stuff, something's going to click. It may be the first thing you try, but it may be the third thing you try. But for God's sake, try. Try. I've seen people that went through this, no, that didn't work. Went through that, no, that didn't work. Went through that, that didn't. And then that, boom, boy, this is me. Hallelujah. Now, here's what, here's what Satan will put in your mind. Brother Bates, this is what Satan will put in your mind. He'll try, boy, you didn't. You're a failure. Don't look at it that way. Some things click. Some things work. Some don't. There are some areas in this church it would not work for me. I'm not sure that I could work in a nursery. Things happen there. Now, see, if I worked in the nursery, I'd install a water hose. That's why God keeps me out here. If you tried something and it didn't work, don't say, well, I'm not going to try nothing else. That's crazy. Try again. Try this. Try that. Try. Hey, listen, that's one of the easiest ways to do it. But whatever you do, find it. Because you're not going to experience real joy till you do. What's the first thing we need to do in our decisions? We need to. We need to determine our responsibility. Then be, last of all, we're done. Diligently respond. Man, put your heart in it. Put your heart in it. It, it don't need to be a last-minute deal every time. Church, people know when you're in it and when you ain't. I told you before, watching them ball games with Becca, seeing those those ones that were that were really into the game, man, fires me up. But seeing those that's just out there because their parents are making them play, parents if they don't want to play, don't make them. That's disheartening to the whole team, especially the coach. Bozo, you ever coach kids that did, didn't want to be there, but their parents did? How'd that make you feel as a coach? You wanted to tackle the parent, didn't you? I'm talking about DDT, I'm right there in, in, in the middle of the field. Listen, we, it, it shouldn't be any different here in the house of God. If you're going to do something, do it. Let's not put it, 
more energy for the things of this world than we do the things of God. Whatever thy hand findeth to do, book of Ecclesiastes, whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Why? Because one day we're going to be in the grave where we can't do anything. Do it while we can. Church, three things we need to pray about and work on this year. Number one, debt. Number two, number three, decisions. Let's make a decision to serve God this year. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, not one of these was easy. Lord, not 